Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Forward Maryland, coming to you today via the magic of Zoom collaboration tools. Uh, I, today is Monday, March 30th, uh, 2020, uh, taping this or recording this literally two hours and 50 minutes before uh, Governor Hogan's uh, shelter in place um, uh, executive order goes into effect. My name is Bill Woodcock. And I'm Jason Booms. And are we really sure it's March the 30th? I believe that was what was on the calendar because I've started Xing out the day. <laughs> it feels like July 35th. I'm pretty sure it's later. So the question is, is have I Xed out all the days one at a time? <laughs> have I Xed out too few days? Have I Xed out too many days? Maybe wishing my life away or, or something else. But British rumor is March the 30th. So today we have another guest, as you can see, because now we're on video. Uh, incidentally, this is now the first Forward Maryland, Jason, on video. And may I say you look splendid. Well, thank you. I didn't actually know we were doing the, so we're putting up the video recording too. That'll be exciting for folks. Well, it's, it's MP4, and it goes on the cloud as MP4, so I say, why not? All right, great, fantastic. You know, they, they weren't sure that we were two middle-aged white guys, and now, now they could be for sure. Uh, so we are pleased to bring you another in our series of interviews of candidates for the Howard County School Board in 2020. Uh, if you are aware of Howard County elections, you know that the Board of Education members are elected now uh, by their council district. And there are three candidates, I believe, running in the four. fifth council district. Four, I was just corrected. And uh, we have one of them today as our guest. He is Dr. Saif Raymond. Sa Saif, glad to have you here, Dr. Raymond. How you doing, Bill and Jason? Uh, my name is Dr. Saif Raymond, and I'm a candidate from uh, District 5, running Tell for education. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how you got here, why you decided to do this. Well, how I got here is uh, I'm a first-generation immigrant. Uh, came here about 35, 36 years ago. Uh, landed right in the middle of uh, Kansas City, Missouri. So pretty much, uh, you know, I uh, came here in Maryland back in 94, and that is a continuation of education. I have three young kids. Uh, by the time the new school year starts, my I'm gonna have a high schooler, middle schooler, and an elementary kid who's still in first grade. So I got a long ways to go uh, in this uh, county because the reason we moved over here is pretty much just like everybody else. We moved over here for the school system when we were about to start our new family. So for the last uh, 30 years or so, I've been working in information technology field because my three degrees that I received over here in the public education, my bachelor's, my master's, and my PhD are all in information technology. And for the last 15 or 16 years now, I'm running my own company that primarily deals with federal, state, and local government agencies where we provide consulting and technology solutions in uh, various different areas. So 
I think you, some of you guys, uh, you know, you guys probably know definitely, but some of the folks that are going to be seeing this know as well that I ran in 2018 as well. And this is my second time that I'm running. This time is a little different. Uh, it's district based versus the county based. But I jumped in for pretty much the same reason last time that uh, I have jumped in this time around, which is basically with the kids getting older, with the, you know, uh, them going into elementary to middle school and stuff, I've been engaged more and more and more in various different things from PTAs to everything else. Mm -hmm. And what I notice is that, uh, and I guess the interest peaked last time when the redistricting conversation was happening last time. And that's when I started looking into how the Board of Education works, what actually is Board of Education, and then how the decisions are done and what kind of uh, you know, impact that uh, the Board of Education can have on my kids, on the school system, and the community as a whole. And what I learned was that, and what I learned is actually, and based on the research that I did with, you know, watching all those videos that are out there on board docs and stuff, mm -hmm. that we're pretty consistent in the way or the kind of people that we elect. Uh, you know, we've been electing same people or similar types of people 20 years ago to what we elect as of today. By, by that, what I mean is all you have to do is go to YouTube and do a search on Howard County Board of Education candidates. And you will get videos 10 to 15 plus years ago where the candidates are saying the exact same things that the candidates of today are saying. Budgeting, transparency, you know, so on and so on. So, so and to this date, we're having those issues and we have not taken care of those issues at the board level at the school system level. And to me, what I see is because we elect people the way we elect people, we end up having people that lack the leadership, that lack the subject matter expertise that are needed, especially now when we are, the school system we are, a billion dollar, almost a billion dollar, you know, $964 million budget, 59,000 kids, 8,600 or so staff, that's a medium-sized firm. Mm -hmm. We are the biggest employer in Howard County. Yet, mm -hmm. the way we run the school board, the way we run the school system, is pretty much the same that we ran 30 years ago. So, you know, with, with the, with the uh, when you're going through the, uh, what you call growth, your needs are changing. With that, your subject matter expertise are changing at the level that are running. So my take on that is, you know, we need the seven board members that we elect. We need different skill sets mm -hmm. at the board level because you only have one employee at the, at the superintendent level that you are delegating the authority to, to, you know, do various different things. And what I saw was that we're pretty much we think that the Board of Education is a rubber stamping body, meaning that every single decision that I have seen, at least, the way things are done, it's a completed decision that's 
brought to the board level, maybe your budgeting, maybe you know anything on the line item from the uh, resource uh, side to anything else, and the board pretty much you know yay nay decision right there. There is no uh, what you call discussion that I've seen at a level where they have gone through and kind of drilled down to ensure that whatever decision that they are going to be making have mm -hmm. gone through the proper process and procedure to ensure that maybe a dollar that they're spending or person that they're bringing or position that they're creating have gone through their due diligence process. With me, I bring 30 years of so experience. My experience and expertise was not, you know, I did not uh, come up with that yesterday. It took me 30 years and I'm still learning. But I have certain skills. I'm not jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. I bring certain skill sets. I think some of those skill sets that I bring are needed the most at this stage. What I mean by that is the leadership skills to begin with, budgeting that I've been involved on a daily basis, and mm -hmm. I have managed budgets up to a billion and a half dollars because prior to running my company for the last 16 years, I kind of uh, you know grew up on the ranks of it used to be big eight firms. You may know all those uh, Anderson Consulting, Pricewaterhouse, Cooperson, Librand, and Deloitte, and all that. I worked on every single one of them. Okay. So, <laughs> so I started. And you you know, look like you're about thirty-five. <laughs> Sorry. And you look like you were about thirty-five. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> so basically, you know, I, I I I bring some of those skill sets working in those. Uh, uh, different agencies or different, you know, companies at uh, different levels in 30 years duration that I think would be helpful from the procurement, from the budgeting, from the leadership, and in the information technology that we are currently experiencing that I have the experience and expertise in. Jason, looks like yeah. you have a question there. <laughs> yeah, I just want to hop in with a couple of questions real quick, short ones. Um, so, uh, Mr. Raymond, last time around uh, in 2018, you ran, of course, back then it was countywide. Mm -hmm. uh, and you finished a couple thousand votes shy of the eighth slot and, and thus didn't uh, proceed on to the general election. Um, why do you think you lost? Well, first of all, like I said, I mean, this it was my first time running, right? So mm -hmm. it was combination of things. Uh, as a new candidate, uh, as somebody that did not have any skill set in political, you know, arena, I did not utilize all that uh, needed to be utilized in terms of uh, different strategies. Mm. So that was one thing. And like you said, the other thing was obviously uh, as, as, a, uh, as a new name, new candidate, and not you know, not able to reach all the community because it was countywide last last time compared to the district this time. Uh, I think I mean it was a combination of different things. Uh, some some of the things was my fault or my uh, lack of uh, experience and expertise in the arena in the political side. And then uh, on the other side, uh, you know, you're still kind of vetting the new candidates and stuff. And on top of that, uh, as as uh, running as an independent candidate you do not get support from uh, either side. Uh, and uh, I did not get support from either side. So that was uh, on top of that, that was, you know, additional thing that didn't help. Well, I do have one question on that point. Um, 
I believe this occurred after the primary uh, last time, but I think you were the organizer of a Asian American Republican Club event uh, at the Howard County Republican headquarters on August 22nd, 2018. Uh, do you see that um, affiliation, at least at that level with the Republican Party, might help you in District 5 this time? So I supported uh, Kittleman last time, and I supported uh, Hogan as far as uh, if you're looking at, uh, because as an independent candidate, I look at the candidate, I don't, do not look at the party. And uh, Kittleman uh, was the candidate last time and I was supporting him and I helped him with all the campaigning. So what, so I, I yeah. have, so I have a couple of questions and one, one kind of dovetails upon this. And I think we talked about this at the, um, at the meet and greet in, in Elkridge last month, uh, mm -hmm. back when we could still move about the country. Sure. But, um, you know, the, the Board of Education race in Howard County, they say it's nonpartisan. Um, but as I've said before, I think it's natural for people to go towards partisan organizations because there are large groups of involved people who are active and, you know, are, you know, will give their time and money to various candidates. What do you make of the whole, it's not nonpartisan, but it kind of is partisan thing going on with the Board of Education? And how do you think that's helped or hindered how effective this school board has been? Um, because as you would well point out, I mean, if you look at those videos from 10, 15 years ago, this has been a situation for a long time also. I don't yes. know if it's maybe become more pronounced now, but I do remember it being a thing then too. So here's my thing. I, like I said, I have three kids in the school system and I have long ways to go in the school system. Mm -hmm. To me, uh, bringing politics into the school system is only gonna hurt. So when I'm, you know, as a candidate or looking at any candidates, the focus should always be the kids. Focus should always be the school system. Uh, as far as candidates uh, leaning towards one or the other, I would say reach out to everybody and that's what I do. I don't care if you're a Republican, Libertarian, Independent or, you know, Democrat. I'll reach out to you and I'll make sure that, you know, you like we are doing right now. Mm -hmm. I did it with the other uh, bloggers and uh, with the, you know, I respond to every questionnaire that is out there. I try to go to every forums that, uh, you know, is uh, out there. Right now, we're not doing those forums anymore. So right. Me, if, I'm, uh, if I'm at the board, I'm elected at the board level, I'm going to be working towards ensuring that every single one of those 59,000 kids is getting my full attention. I'm not looking at, you know, if, you, if that kid, you know, if that kid's father or mother is this or that, right? So my, my take on that is uh, if you're running for Board of Education, not only that you should reach out to everybody, but you, your focus, core focus should always be students and school system. Mm -hmm. So, so let's let's changing topics a little bit to uh, to an easy to an easy one. Redistricting. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if you were on the if you were on the school board, um, 
that just adjudicated the redistricting process? How, how do you think that would have went differently? Well, see, to me, the way we did the redistricting, first of all, redistricting, uh, we didn't end up on this, uh, you know, it didn't happen just like last year or yesterday, right? So right. It was a combination of decision or indecisions that we did on the previous boards, where we ended up where we were, where we were looking at a kind of a more comprehensive. I'm sorry, did you say previous boards? I'm talking about lack of indecisions. Okay, sorry, all right. Just making sure I did it right, never mind. Right. Go ahead. Because, you know, we went through the redistricting process last time and then we decided not to go through the process. So, so my take on that is, number one, you're at the tail end as a board of education uh, when there is a need for redistricting, right? Because obviously uh, you're not uh, pushing, you know, where the new development is going, how the rezoning or how the zoning things are being done. So you are at the tail end where you are ending up with uh, the kids coming into the school system. And by law, you are uh, providing all the resources and services that are needed to those kids that are coming into your school system. So what would I have done differently? I would have made sure if I was on the board to ensure that not only that I'm working with those bodies, you know, the county council and stuff to ensure that we are collaboratively working to ensure that where we have uh, overcrowding, we are looking towards to ensure that uh, there's certain types of development going on rather than, um, you know, development that could cause additional, uh, right. uh, I guess, overcrowding issue. But at, at, as far as if, if and when redistricting does need to happen, like in this case that they're saying that it's needed, it should have been only capacity-based. It should have uh, some kind of a feeder model, neighborhood feeder model. So my take is I should, if I go on and start, uh, you know, what is it, December 2020, if I am one of the board members, and let's say next redistricting is not gonna happen until uh, the high school 13 comes into play. Right. You should not be waiting for that process to start on that year for that. You should start, you know, first day of your, uh, when you start taking over because you need to create a transparent process that is, um, that has the community input. And it is a neighborhood feeder model because as a, as, as a parent, I moved over here. I been living over here for the last 16 years. Obviously, I have community ties in the community that I'm living in, neighborhoods that I'm living in. Similar, you know, you uh, you did as well. So mm -hmm. you as a parent or I as a parent should know that all the, you know, effort and time and everything that's vested within, you know, that you have done to uh, come up with all those relationships and stuff. That my kid from the very first day of kindergarten the last day of high school, I should, as a parent, know where that kid's going to go. May it be a school A or school B, based on the neighborhood's redistricting model. If you mm -hmm. have that input, if you have that collaboration with all the stakeholders, you would never have gone through that process that you went through with, you know, the divisions that were created within the community, aside from some of the other 
uh, things that you know, lack from the leadership and everything else. So kind of that, why do you why do you think I mean this this redistricting was you know it was a long time in coming and and my personal opinion is that that's that's part of why you know that there were so many problems and I think you also speak to something which is development and school capacity not being in sync talking about those previous boards I mean why why do you think that the redistricting took so long to happen Lack of leadership. Not, so, you know, so you have the only employee uh, in terms of your superintendent. Mm -hmm. Tell me if any of those current board members or any of the previous board members, they may have hired people before, they may have supervised people before. How many have supervised or hired at a C-level employee before? There is something that comes with, you know, experience and expertise. And if you have experience and expertise at a certain level, it helps you to run your, you know, whatever uh, that you're running, a corporation or the school board or, you know, whatever else effectively, if you have the experience and expertise at a certain level. What we are doing is we're, we're, we're pretty much expecting a lot more from people that do not have the experience and expertise at the level that they're at. Otherwise, we would see those same people working similar type of jobs, you know, that they have done before or even after, after getting all that experience and expertise. People have left the board after working four years to 28 years, and they mm -hmm. have not been able to go back to the same or similar level uh, of you know work that they have done at the board level. Why? Mm -hmm. Right. I do have a quick question, uh, Mr. Raymond. Or, sorry, Doctor. Pardon me. My wife would kill me. She's Doctor Booms. Um, the it, this this is so I'm clear on redistricting. So uh, you you favor it in cases of capacity alone, but not for social economic considerations. Is that is that accurate? So you are speaking to a minority that uh, you know have taken the advantage and helped got helped in the you know equity issue and stuff. So to me, yes, redistricting should have specifically been done for capacity. There are other ways to handle some of the things that the folks were trying to handle. You know, from the superintendent to the uh, board of ed members, and I do not think that redistricting is the place to, you know, uh, fulfill some of the uh, needs that you have for the various different uh, areas that you're going after. So what are the solutions of not redistricting? Of, of what exactly? So um, you were saying that the, the superintendent and those sort of allied with that perspective are trying to accomplish certain things, uh, certain ends through redistricting, but you say there's other ways to do that. So well, what, what solutions should you be talking about? Exactly what are we talking about? Are we talking about equity? Are we talking about something different? Let's start with equity. Yeah. So if, if the, you know, equity was the reason for that moment that they have done from 74 to 5,400 people now for kids, they should have provided the resources that are needed with that. Okay, we, we talked about uh, uh, what you call uh, the... Uh, the neighborhood model and stuff, right? I mean, I, I firmly believe in that uh, African uh, proverb 
which is it takes a village to raise a child. A, a kid in the in in uh, you know in a year lifespan is uh, is awake six thousand hours. Six thousand hours they're awake. They only spend about a thousand hours in the schools. And if you start looking at the instructions and stuff, I mean that goes further down, right? So if equity is actually that that's what we are trying to achieve, it's a more of a holistic approach. It's you're not gonna achieve that just by moving kids around, not providing some of the resources that are needed, you know, that needs to go with it. And to think that it's gonna take care of that magically. You know, what I see that is what they're trying to do or what they try to do is basically uh, what you call is, you know, to hide a, hide a problem, you know, sweep it under, under the rug kind of a situation where we know that there's issues. We know those kids need the help. Instead of providing the resources that they need where they need, they are thinking that if they move those kids around, it's going to automatically think, automatically take care of the situation where the data does not support that particular you know goal that they're trying to achieve. You know the uh, uh, here, uh, uh, I guess the uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm kind of losing. So that's sorry. Ask the question. It will come back to me. Okay. No, um, all right. So we have a lot, about lot to unpack there by and, and of itself. Oh, <laughs> but, go uh, ahead, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, let me let me let me follow up in, in a somewhat of a, a different direction because um, okay. I, I think this goes to your uh, to your value proposition that uh, that you're you're claiming with your bio and your experience. Um, Just with that. Obviously, go ahead. Go ahead. obviously, with. Um, um, and I think some of the questions that we're talking about here uh, are very relevant to Howard County because we have a countywide school system, whereas folks in other states, they have much, much smaller school systems that perhaps are city or township based. So uh, they don't face the same kinds of challenges that we do having so many students being so ge geographically spread out. Um, but just thinking for a moment about uh, yourself or anyone else running in District 5, um, Obviously, you're one of seven, one of eight, if you're including the student member. Um, I mean, can any of you truly break the cycle? I mean, some of, some of the people you're running against, Lou, or Ryan, Valancourt, a couple of them have been set on boards of education before. Um, you don't think any one of those other candidates can break the cycle? Break what cycle? Well, if you're saying, remember early on, you said that you were electing similar people. They say the same things over larger periods of time. It sounds like what you're saying is, uh, you need someone with a particular background who's capable of going in there, exercising uh, a form of leadership, has that comfort of dealing with these sorts of budgets and people. And it sounds like you're saying that's, so that's what the board needs. And, and here I am. Uh, you don't think any of your opponents have uh, some not, independence? So I did not say here I am. I think we have discussed this previously, like, uh, uh, you know, when we went previously, I'm not jack of all trades. If, if any candidate says that they're gonna be able to resolve or solve everything, you need to run away, all right? My, I bring certain skill sets and- I'm I guess I'm saying, are they better skill sets than Lou or Ryan or Valancourt? <laughs> so tell me who else has a 30 years of budgeting experience. Tell me who has managed more than, uh, you know, $1.5 billion 
40,000 consultants. If any one of those uh, out of whatever, 11 or 13 candidates, all five districts, not just district five, have done that. There's, so that's, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, there's, my opponents are touting certain skill sets, uh, that there's a statistician, there's a former, you know, person that has done uh, Board of Ed before. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm saying, you know, those are good skills as well. You need combination of th th those seven board members. You need different subject matter expertise. You don't need all Seth Raymond's or all, you know, who's or all whatever, uh, you know, mm -hmm. candidate skills are out there. Mm -hmm. You need complementary skill sets. My skill sets are only in certain areas. I may not, you know, have the expertise in other areas, but what I bring is the ability to work with the others, to collaborate with the others. And I've proven that with the, the way I have worked in, you know, different environments and the way I have successfully achieved to where I am today based on working with others in every single, you know, different uh, settings. So to get back to you, I mean, to answer you as far as what I bring, I told you what I bring. I bring certain skill sets from the leadership aspects. I bring budgeting experience where budgeting is not, is not when the entire process is done and it's sitting in front of the you know, Board of Ed members to meet a number. You know what the current Board of Ed, the way I see it, what they think the budgeting process is, it's whatever number is approved, they need to cut things to match that number. That's not budgeting. Budgeting starts from day one of your, you know, when you start your new fiscal year to ensure that you're building that before it becomes a line item, before, you know, so you understand the priorities, how it's going to the process, what your needs are, and how you are going to achieve those. Budgeting is not only reaching for that dollar amount that comes from the county. You should be able to think outside the box. You should be able to, you know, work to ensure that, okay, we have one to 10 and every single one of them is priority, but we're only going to be able to meet from one to seven. Those other three things, instead of cutting them, how else we can achieve, how else we can fulfill those needs. So think outside the box. You know, mm -hmm. plans, partnerships, collaborations, whatever that else that you need to do, you need to do those things. So that's where I come in as expertise and stuff. Aside from that, I'll look towards my colleagues to make sure that they are able to provide me, you know, whatever I need so from subject matter expertise to the, you know, staffing, you know, staff providing you the uh, ability to learn before you make the decision. So I do not claim myself to be, you know, jack of all trades or expert of everything. Mm -hmm. One quick question. Uh, I was just wondering, is there a, I'm not asking you to, to name names in a bad way, but are there former or current Board of Education members that stand out to you as being something close to the ideal or, you know, if I could serve a term and have it be as, as successful as hers or his was, who would that person be and why? Well, I, I'm not gonna name any names. I see that everybody, here, here's what I, uh, let me step back. Mm -hmm. So every single person that runs for any office based on my previous experience and based on my experience now, I respect them all. 
because it's it's a whole different world. It's a whole different process. Once you're in, it's it's a you know very different from when you're just looking at a candidate and uh, uh, you know uh, whatever you know you're passing uh, as far as uh, you know that person is good or bad or whatever you think of that person. Mm-hmm. As far as you know how uh, things are being done, like I said, uh, I think we we need to as a voter because I am a, a parent first of three children before I'm a you know, political candidate. So mm-hmm. my take on that is we need to change our thinking as a voter, the type of people or kind of resources that we are electing because our needs have grown, our needs have changed. Look at exactly what, I mean, what is your expectation of those seven people? based on those expectations, are you voting for those people that are bringing those skill sets or not? I don't see that. I see that there's a disconnect. We do demand, you know, at the board level, certain things from the board, but we do not elect those people at the board level. And then we end up saying that this particular board is not performing the way they should be performing based on this is what, you know, they should have done. And there's certain, you know, various different things. From the voter, uh, we, you know, sometimes don't do our due diligence. There's uh, candidates uh, that uh, may become a jack of all trades uh, because they're able to speak well, uh, even though they may not have the expertise and experiences. So there's a combination of different things going on where we are still lacking. And I think as a community, we can do a lot better if we have the right people that are able to perform, that are able to deliver. If we have those, then, you know, we have done our job as a voter and then the expectations are real and they will do their best. They will perform based on, you know, what they have done in the past. So I wanted to speak to that truth in advertising thing a little bit because we have about we have about ten minutes and I know when we were talking before this is an important point and and I think we should pull that thread some um, and I had forgotten actually that Gene Ryan was in District Five because last time I heard of Gene Ryan he had he was running for the county council for about eighteen seconds in District Three is that uh, after he moved from Newark or something like that. Yeah, from Newark, Delaware, and maybe, but no, but Gene was in one part of Columbia, and now he's in, he was in Kings, and now he's in District 5 somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and again, going back to what we were talking about before, uh, Saif, about the videos, people promise the moon, and then they don't deliver. And I think, um, you know, there's, I would have to imagine that there's frustration going on amongst the people who are very active in Howard County education politics Um, because we have these change elections. You know, two elections before we elected, there were two people who have, um, you know, very strong financial backgrounds. Um, the last elect, you know, in the last election, there is somebody who is a senior, um, you know, education, uh, administrator and, and official, 
you know, and somebody with a, with a uh, defense contracting background. You know, all of these people with these resumes and these credentials get elected. And yet, and, and I'm not saying anything good or bad about any of those individuals who I named without naming, but the, the things continue. The things continue. So I guess, you know, I, you know, you're obviously a very smart man. I, I, I think you might agree with my hypothesis that what needs to come is somewhat of a systemic evaluation of how the, the Board of Education makes its decisions. I mean, would, you know, I mean, so I guess my question is, is where do you see the balance between how much of it is the people and how much of it is the process? Well, um, like I said, um, I'm new to the whole process itself, even running last time. So, as I mentioned before, I'm a father first of three children in the school system and a candidate second. So my take on that is, you know, regardless of whoever gets elected, either me or somebody else, needs to be qualified candidate that is going to make sure that our you know, school system continues on thriving, continues on improving. So. As far as uh, the vetting process goes, and um, uh, like we were talking about, you know, candidates that get elected based on slogans or whatever sometimes, uh, I, I think, I mean, you know, and, and I've, it's, what I've seen is it's not just local. It's pretty much, you know, every county, every state, every, you know, nationally and all that. Sure. So, so, so my, my take is, I mean, for Board of Education, you are, oh, we're getting some, uh, <laughs> Safety alerts. Uh, even though Board of Education is the lowest on the ballot, I think personally, my opinion is actually that affects you the most as it's directly affecting your kids, your school system, your community as a whole. So for those type of skills or for those kind of candidates that, that are running for these kind of positions, I think we need to do a little bit more vetting um, as a community uh, because when you are working for the school system, every one of those 8,600 plus uh, staff member may be a janitor or all the way to the superintendent mm -hmm. has gone through a vetting process. They have gone through your, you know, their background checks, criminal or civil, whatever, and they have gone through their uh, educational or work history background checks by a third party. I think we should do that as candidates as well, because you, as a, when you become a board member, you probably going to have access to those 59,000 kids data and, you know, and in turn your data and mm -hmm. parents data and stuff in some form or fashion. So why are you not vetting the candidates to ensure that once they have taken over, that they are not only qualified candidates, uh, but they are, you know, ethical and everything else, you know, is all there. So when you are going in and voting for that candidate, you know 
that whatever that you have heard, whatever that you have read, whatever that you have listened, everything is on up and up. Everything mm-hmm. that's fine so, based on. So, so when you've, and I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's truth in advertising and, and people, you know, I mean, my experience in, in campaigns is that people need to back up their credentials with experiences and with actions. And it's all part of having a, a, uh, educated, informed, uh, electorate. And we could, we could spend hours talking about that. Um, but to kind of, you know, to kind of start to, you know, as we, as we kind of start to wrap up, I mean, a question I have, and I'll ask you the same question I've asked of others, uh, you know, you've run for this before, and I think you're the first one other than, um, the two incumbents in district four, you're the first one of the candidates who we've spoken with who has, uh, run before. Uh, so you've been thinking about this. Assuming that you win, um, and you're in, and let's imagine that it's 2024, you know, let's hope that we're not all taking our springtime off in 24, uh, that this isn't a yearly occurrence, and uh, you're running for re-election. What is it that you want to be able to, to stand up to a room full of people, talk to people like us? about what you've been able to accomplish and why you should continue? Well, so if I am, um, you know, elected in a position to rerun, first of all, I'm pretty much in favor of term limits. I was going to ask you if you were even going to think about running again. That's a problem. So so because I'm very passionate uh, and I'm fully, you know, invested, Mm-hmm. run this time but what is it to say and that 12 years from now or 20 or you know 16 years from now or even eight years from now I have the same passion and I'm fully you know vested the same way and I'm saying that based on the previous uh, uh, examples that we have at the board level where people have been uh, at the board for a number of years <laughs> so if, if I'm, uh, you know, one of the uh, lucky ones and uh, that I am elected, I, I want to make sure that uh, our, you know, question is based on what I'm going to be running uh, or what I'm going to be looking back and kind of uh, uh, running on. Pretty much the same things that my website says. You know, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I should be able to look back at uh, that I have done what I've said that I was, you know, coming for from the transparency to ensure that each and every process is not not, not only that we have created processes, defined processes, but they are transparent processes. Doesn't matter whatever it is from budgeting, from procurement, whatever the case may be. So we are a very transparent, uh, body now where we have defined and you know pretty much of uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, consistency okay okay so a consistent transparent processes are in place we have taken care of our budgeting issues that we know exactly how each and every year we are going to go through that process if and ever 
there's a redistricting that's needed, what the process is and how, you know, what the steps are and which way we are gonna be going through with the, uh, um, with the uh, model that we have in place for the community-based. So that's, that's pretty much, you know, what I wanna be looking at as, as, um, as my accomplishments. But the mm -hmm. biggest accomplishment, even if I'm not running, you know, four years or eight years from now, would be that my kids and my grandkids are still looking at Howard County as their permanent, you know, place to live because we have made those school systems, you know, uh, the the uh, the the what what we count basically, you know, best school systems in the country. Mm -hmm. So next generations to come are looking towards Howard County and staying and making sure that their kids are going to that school system that we have successfully, you know, done what we are, what we, you know, uh, or what I uh, said that I was going to do and it helped uh, to ensure that we are, you know, progressing in the right direction. Jason, you had something else there. Yeah, well, two questions. Uh, first of all, uh, yeah, that was the end. <laughs> almost, almost. You had uh, you, you mentioned your website. What's what's your website address? Okay, so website address is uh, uh, voteforraymond.com. It's uh, V O T E for number four, R E H M A N dot com. Okay, and uh, you touched upon um, when talking about the importance of the local uh, elected offices, such as uh, the Board of Education. Um, I just I just want to touch on this on the national question for a moment, just because you're talking about dealing with large bureaucracies. You're talking about uh, bringing a certain business acumen, and that brought to mind someone else. Uh, how good a job do you think Betsy DeVos is doing as education secretary? Betsy DeVos, I actually do not follow too much of what's going on at the national level. I'm pretty much involved at the state and local level, so I'm not sure what exactly are we talking about decision-wise and stuff because very honestly, I have not looked at all the things that are coming out from there. That's good, that's an opinion, I just wondered. All right, now I'm good. Okay. So if anything else that you wanna add? I just, I mean, I just wanna make sure that, uh, you know, there, there is gonna be, you know, we're, we're going through the unprecedented time right now, but uh, you know, I'm kind of a, glass half full kind of a guy. Things are gonna get better. We're gonna get out there. Things gonna get back to normal. Our kids gonna get back to school and stuff. So election is still gonna be on June 2nd. It may be a different process where it may go through a mail-in versus uh, you know, you're going to the precincts and stuff. So I wanna make sure that people are doing their due diligence on the candidates. What I'm gonna to try to do, I actually was doing uh, weekly uh, in-person coffee in different areas within District 5. So I had to cancel that. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to set up a similar thing on Zoom to make sure that we have uh, some kind of a connect so people can come in, ask the questions, concerns, or any kind of information. And I actually would like to, you know, learn from uh, all the community members that are out there as well. So I want to make sure that we are still engaged, we are still in, involved, uh, because uh, come June 2nd, whoever's going there and uh, past November, whoever takes over, is going to be part of the seven board 
uh, seven board members and the decisions that, are, that they're gonna be making are gonna be affecting us for the next four plus years uh, in the future. So we still need to stay engaged. We still need to do our due diligence, due diligence to make sure that we have the right candidates. One last one, one last question, I'm sorry, more <laughs> question. Um, so in the one sense answer to this, uh, what's your deal? Oh, the what's your deal. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> All right, so you gotta explain a little bit more and I can maybe try to get a one-liner. <laughs> well, you've already said some things about your bio and your history that you, that you bring to the table. Uh, you mentioned being a parent. Uh, and so this gets to the whole totality of sort of what animates you as a person, as a candidate, however you want to take it. So what's your deal? Um, I'm not sure if I understand the question. You really can't get it wrong. So you're, you're going to be okay. fine. So, so basically, you know, we didn't go through the whole uh, intro and stuff. I come from a very poor family. Uh, I'm here uh, based on luck and faith, whatever you want to call it. That's a whole, it's a book pretty much if you want to get in, in that detail. What I've seen, you know, I am at this stage where I am today based on the, you know, education that I received in this country. So I want to make sure that my kids get the same or similar education. They get, you know, uh, they get all, all the opportunities that are out there to whatever that they want to do in the future. So to me, education, you know, we're, it's not a political topic for me. I am very vested and very focused. That's what I'm trying to do for my kids. And I'm hoping that translates into the 59,000 plus kids, uh, whatever, you know, what I bring to the table. All right. So, so what your deal is the elevator speech. And that was a very good one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Saif Raymond, District 5 candidate for Howard County Board of Education. Thank you for coming on uh, this wacky experiment today. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to talk again someplace down the road. Definitely. Thank you so much, guys. Well, our pleasure. Uh, Jason, uh, I noticed that you were drinking a, it must have been refreshing and cool, Sandrino <laughs> water during the podcast. I was wondering if they've become a new sponsor. Oh, uh, Summit Sparkling Ginger Beer, you mean? No. Oh, I, was, I stand corrected. <laughs> it is uh, delicious and refreshing, but they are, not, they are not yet a sponsor. Are you working them? Of course. <laughs> okay, very excellent. Uh, I actually do have a sponsor. Hmm. Cool. Who is it? Linotype Shack. <laughs> so, once again, information processing for a bygone age. Mm -hmm. And if you've got questions, they don't care. <laughs> so with that, we have ended up another fine podcast production, this time on video. And uh, I'm Bill Woodcock. And I'm Jason Booms. And you have been watching Forward Maryland. We will next be, broad we will next, uh, be recording on Wednesday, April 1st. I did have to think about the date then. Uh, where our guest will be District 1 Board of Education, Howard County candidate, Matthew Moylet. Have a good day, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.